Welcome to the Shortwave Report. I'm your host and producer, Dan Roberts. This Shortwave Report is a 30-minute review of news and opinion heard on the Shortwave Radio and the Internet in Northern California. Listening to international broadcasts at home is quite easy. You could use the Shortwave Radio with the schedule of English language broadcast, or it's easier to use a computer or smartphone with an Internet connection. To help you with this, I'll announce times, frequencies, and website addresses at the conclusion of each series of stories. At the website for this show, that's outfarpress.com, you can listen to the past five shortwave reports, find advice for listening to shortwave at home, and find internet links for global news sources. Please check it out and tell a friend. In today's edition, you'll hear reports from NHK World Radio Japan, France 24, Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle, and Radio Havana, Cuba. We will begin with NHK World Radio Japan. Japan is supplying the United States with interceptor missiles after a change in Japanese law allows the export of weapons. The Taiwan Army conducted its first small arms drill outside military bases. The prefecture of Okinawa is not following the central government plan to build a new U.S. Marine base to an offshore site. NHK Japan. Japan's government is set to provide the United States with Patriot interceptor missiles from the inventory of the country's self-defense forces. This comes after Tokyo last week loosened its regulations on exports of defense equipment. The revised guidelines make it possible to export equipment manufactured in Japan under a license from a foreign firm to a country where the licensor is based. Tokyo has decided to provide the U.S. with PAC-2 units, which are used mainly to intercept aircraft and cruise missiles, as well as PAC-3 units, which intercept ballistic missiles. Officials say it would take Japanese manufacturers several years to produce new PAC-2 units from scratch so they decided to send missiles from the SDF's arsenal. Japan's defense ministry said the decision was made at the request of the U.S. Washington is looking to replenish its own stocks of interceptor missiles, having sent many of them as military aid to Ukraine. Defense ministry officials said they will discuss the plans in further detail with their U.S. counterparts next year. Taiwan's army has conducted its first small arms drill using live ammunition outside military facilities. The site is thought to be one of the likely landing areas in the event of a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. The exercise took place at a beach in the northern city of Taoyuan. About 50 personnel took part. Soldiers armed with rifles and handguns fired at mock targets from set positions using live ammunition. They then examined their accuracy. The army said the drill was aimed at boosting skills in a realistic environment in light of China's mounting military pressure on Taiwan. The practice site is close to Taoyuan International Airport and within 30 kilometers of central Taipei and the presidential office.
in southern Japan, where the governor of Okinawa Prefecture has decided not to approve procedures to start relocation work for a U.S. airbase. That's despite a high court ruling ordering the prefecture to do so. The central government plans to relocate the U.S. Marine Corps Ftemma Air Station to an offshore site within Okinawa from a densely populated area. But the seabed at the reclamation site was found to be too soft. The government applied for permission from the prefecture to revise its plan and start reinforcing the construction site. Okinawa Governor Tamaki Deni has opposed this and the work remains on hold. A senior prefectural official read out a comment on behalf of Tamaki, who's currently in a hospital. The court ruling has many issues, and we concluded it's difficult for us to grant approval since the governor has a mandate from the people of Okinawa who oppose the plan. Prime Minister Kishida Fumio says it's regrettable the court's directive is not being followed. The government will make all-out efforts to realize the full return of the U.S. Futenma air station as soon as possible and reduce the burden of hosting the base. Now that Tamaki has defied the court order, the land minister plans to take the unprecedented step of overriding a decision by local authorities to carry out the work. Those reports were from NHK World Radio Japan. On shortwave, they are heard at 9 p.m. at 13735 or on the web at www.nhk.or.jp. You can also find them at most podcast sites along with the shortwave report. All the times I announce are for Pacific Standard Time, so please adjust them to your time zone. Next, France 24. On the first of the year, markets in France will no longer be able to wrap fresh fruits and vegetables in single-use plastic. Israeli troop attacks in Gaza continue, while the World Health Organization says 25% of Gazans are starving. France 24 Tomatoes wrapped in plastic film, aubergines in plastic netting, or these pre-packed peppers will soon be off the shelves in France. Single-use plastic is still widely used to package fresh fruits and vegetables. In France, a third of produce is sold this way, from large supermarkets to smaller greengrocers. But from the 1st of January, that will be changing. A new law aimed at drastically reducing plastic packaging comes into force in France in the new year. But just a few days from the deadline, fresh food producers say they're still not ready. We don't have a miracle product that's affordable and that we can put into place immediately to completely replace plastic. Either the material isn't totally transparent, or it breaks more easily, or it's not moisture-proof. It will remain legal to sell some items in plastic packaging. 29 foods are exempt from the rules, including early harvest potatoes and carrots, mushrooms, broccoli, leafy salads and berries. Items considered fragile are also exempt, as are packages weighing 1.5 kilograms or more. That's too many exceptions, say environmental campaigners, especially if France is to reach its goal of zero single-use plastic by 2040. We're not moving fast enough. We set an almost 20-year deadline for only single-use plastic. But what about cardboard? What about other single-use products? The problem is a system of production and consumption that revolves around single-use.
From next week, retailers and producers who flout the new French law risk fines of up to €45,000. Combat continues on the ground in the Gaza Strip on Thursday with heavy bombardment of the Palestinian enclave. The Israeli army stated its units were active on the ground in Khan Yunis in southern Gaza with troops locating weapons stockpiles and directing airstrikes. Fighting also continues in northern Gaza, where the military was focusing its efforts on the Daraj and Tufa districts in Gaza City, where it believes Hamas's last remaining battalion in northern Gaza may be holed up. The World Health Organization on Thursday also warned that Gazan civilians were suffering from a lack of food with a quarter of the population starving, with the risk of disease and inadequate medical care. Elsewhere, the Israeli military carried out raids across the West Bank overnight in Ramallah, Jenin, Hebron, Tulkarem, Atil and Al-Bireh. Those raids were linked to an Israeli investigation into Hamas funding, with security forces seizing safes, documents, phones and recordings, as well as tens of millions of shekels and arresting 21 suspects. The Israeli defense minister was to declare money exchange offices as terror organizations, with Israel determined to crush Hamas on all fronts, including cutting off finance to both the militant group and its ally, Palestinian Islamic Jihad. However, with one Palestinian being killed in the ensuing clashes, the United Nations has raised concern over the human rights situation in the West Bank, urging Israel to end what it called unlawful killings and referring to what it said was troubling use of military tactics and weapons in a law enforcement context. Those reports were from France 24. France 24 may be easily found at their website france24.com as well as a YouTube channel called France 24 English. They are also available at most podcast sites. On to Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. The United Nations Security Council adopted a resolution to boost aid distribution in Gaza after days of delay by the United States. A former UN Rapporteur for Human Rights analyzes the watered-down resolution and points out that civilian death toll in Gaza is the highest per day since the Vietnam War. Then an interview with Samah Hadid from the Norwegian Refugee Council on why a ceasefire is crucial to allow food and supplies to be distributed. Then an interview with Dr. Margaret Harris from the World Health Organization on the horrific health scene in Gaza, Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. We begin in New York, where the UN Security Council has just adopted a resolution to boost aid deliveries to Gaza. Russia and the United States abstained on the resolution, paving the way for the draft text to be adopted. A resolution needs at least nine votes in favor and no vetoes in order to pass, the 13 other members of the council voted in favor. The vote was delayed for several days as U.S. diplomats haggled over the wording of the text. Well, joining me now is Michael Link. He's associate professor at the Faculty of Law at Western University in London, Ontario. He was, until last year, a U.N. Special Rapporteur for the Human Rights Situation in the Palestinian Territories. Professor, it's good to have you with us. This resolution does not include a call for an immediate ceasefire, but rather it calls for creating conditions for a cessation of hostilities. Could you help us understand um, what does that mean? Sure, let's let's remember that this is a <clears throat> considerably watered down resolution uh, from, uh, from what was proposed on Monday by the um, United Arab Emirates. 
Um, there are three aspects of the resolution which uh, which we saw on Monday, which are not in the final version that was voted upon today, including uh, a call for what was in the, on Monday, an urgent and sustainable cessation of hostilities, which I think is another word uh, for a ceasefire. We know uh, that a ceasefire resolution was overwhelmingly adopted by the UN General Assembly uh, roughly 10 days ago. Uh, and this obviously is the mood of both the diplomatic world and public opinion around the world. What we have uh, through the use of a threat of a UN, a US veto at the Security Council um, is a resolution that calls for the uh, upgrading of uh, humanitarian aid to get into uh, to Gaza. The One of the areas where um, the US was negotiating uh, with uh, other countries had to do with uh, who was going to be the uh, monitor uh, of the aid going in. The resolution had called for the UN to be the exclusive monitor of the aid going in. This is what uh, was a precedent that we had with respect to aid going into Syria. Uh, the United States objected and it's allowing, uh, and the resolution I think opens the door uh, to Israel also joining the possibility uh, of being able to monitor the aid. The fear among many is that uh, Israeli monitoring will be slow, will be laborious, and the aid won't be getting in as efficiently as it otherwise could. Professor, this resolution, it calls for things that are already enshrined in international uh, law. I'm thinking of for example, making it as easy as possible to get aid to civilians, calling for civilians to be protected. So um, you could understand someone on the outside maybe posing the question, well, what's the purpose of this resolution? The language of the resolution that was adopted earlier today um, removed language that was in the original resolution on Monday, which would have condemned indiscriminate attacks, though that mm -hmm. very phrase, mm -hmm. against civilians. That's now gone from the final version of the, of the resolution. Um, this is a bit of an irony given that uh, that wording itself uh, was used by President Joe Biden over the last several weeks with respect to his criticism of, uh, of the Israeli conduct of military operations there. All that the resolution really does is restate the importance and the centrality of international humanitarian law um, with respect to protecting civilians, which was already on the books, which virtually every country in the world had been asking uh, Israel to uh, uh, to keep. Yeah. So we're really, in many ways, no further ahead uh, with respect to, uh, I guess, assigning responsibility or accountability uh, to Israel with respect to how it's conducted its military operations in Gaza. What about violations of this resolution? Are there consequences or can anyone and everyone act with impunity? What worries me in, in the watering down of this language we've seen over the last uh, four days, and particularly the enormous gap between what the, the UN General Assembly passed 10 days ago and what the Security Council has passed today, is, I suppose, assignment, even an indirect language of responsibility uh, for the humanitarian catastrophe that we're seeing in, in Gaza and the extraordinary number of deaths of, uh, of Palestinian civilians. The civilian death toll in Gaza, let's keep in mind, is the highest uh, civilian death toll for such a period, short period of time and for any conflict in the 21st century. We may have to go all the way back to Vietnam to be able to measure um, the amount of uh, civilian deaths in such a short period of time. So there's really nothing in this language which appears to commit Israel to be more mindful in its operations. And Israel, of course, knows that it has uh, the solid backing of the United States with respect to the diplomatic shield that the United States wields as a permanent member with veto power. We can talk now to Sama Hadid. She is head of advocacy, communications and media at the Norwegian Refugee Council and joins us from Sydney.
The only real meaningful way to scale up aid is to have a ceasefire in place because aid workers cannot operate under the current conditions. They cannot do their jobs effectively and safely whilst being bombed and shelled on an ongoing basis. And so that's why we support the UN Secretary General's call for the need uh, for an urgent ceasefire, which is crucial to scaling up aid right now. You mentioned hunger in the, in the Gaza Strip. Well, according to the UN, a quarter of the population in Gaza is starving. How much aid is being delivered to the territory at the moment? The aid that's being delivered at the moment is still minimal. It's not enough. It's nowhere near enough to meet the dire needs we're seeing across Gaza. And now with the reports uh, uh, indicating that there is a high risk of famine in Gaza, uh, we urgently need aid to be scaled up. But I think that it also points to uh, the way in which Israel is using starvation as a weapon of this war, uh, which is prohibited under international law. And we have yet to see any real condemnation from government allies of Israel on the way uh, that it's using starvation. Um, and it, this is leading to a catastrophic situation uh, on the ground where civilians are not only being bombed to death but are now being starved as well and so this needs to end and needs to be condemned talk to us about displacement you work for a refugee council nearly two million people have been displaced within gaza already during this conflict what what will happen with gaza's population if this war drags on for months what we fear is that uh, with now Israel's further expansion of its ground operation in southern Gaza, that more and more people will be uh, driven out of Gaza, pushed towards the border uh, of Egypt, um, and will be pushed to move across borders uh, to seek uh, safety uh, from the atrocities taking place in Gaza. Israel's continued bombardment and its siege, uh, its widespread destruction of Gaza has made Gaza unlivable. And this is forcing uh, people to, to move towards tiny pockets uh, in the south where safety is also not guaranteed. What's also worrying is that most recently the Israeli Prime Minister has made comments suggesting that he would facilitate uh, the migration and transfer of Palestinians from Gaza. And this raises the risks of uh, forcible displacement and forcible transfer of the population from Gaza, which would be a serious breach of international law and an atrocity crime. Uh, any attempts by Israel to deport or permanently displace Palestinians from Gaza must be prevented and condemned. Sama, thank you very much for talking with us. That was Sama Hadid, Head of Advocacy Communications and Media at the Norwegian Refugee Council. Let's take a step back and take a look at the humanitarian situation currently in Gaza. I'm very pleased to welcome Dr. Margaret Harris from the World Health Organization for more on this. Uh, it, it has now been more than 11 weeks since the fighting began in Gaza. Uh, last Friday, the UN Security Council passed a resolution urging more humanitarian aid uh, quickly delivered. Uh, has it become easier to get that kind of humanitarian assistance to those who need it? No, because there's ongoing war. Airstrikes, 
damage to the roads. It's extremely dangerous to move around at all. We are sending um, missions to the north, to the centre, taking enormous risks. Our staff are telling us of the losses of their family members and and when we take our medical supplies to hospitals our trucks are stopped surrounded by starving people uh, just wanting to know if we've got food and opening the boxes to see if we've got food it's at becoming more and more difficult every day because the bombardment continues and the starvation continues and the illness increases now i want to put to you uh, something that was brought up by the Israeli government uh, today. A spokesperson uh, today uh, blamed blamed the UN and Hamas for aid not reaching Gazans. He said aid simply isn't reaching the people who need it because Hamas is hijacking it and UNRWA covers up for it. Uh, what is your response to that? We have not seen this. We send our missions, and as I said, Getting the aid across is difficult because of the complexities of the checks. It's a very slow process. But the real difficulty is distributing it in Gaza because this is a very dangerous place. There are bombardments all the time. If we truly and if all sides are truly committed to providing genuine aid to the people of Gaza, there would be a ceasefire right now. People are starving. They had dehydrated. They're living in filthy conditions, really, really filthy conditions. And we're seeing the diseases that are created by that. Uh, we're seeing a huge rise in, in diarrhea cases. We've reported more than 130,000 of those. We're seeing um, a huge rise in respiratory problems, bronchitis, coughs, colds, especially among the small children with more than 150,000 cases of that. But also... Uh, jaundice, which is probably hepatitis, meningitis, many, many mm. severe diseases. And also we're seeing surgeons having to amputate limbs because there is nobody who can do the, the complex work to save those limbs. So basically the people of Gaza are being bombed back into the Middle Ages. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with us on DW. That is Dr. Margaret Harris from the WHO. That report and interviews were from Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle, which may be heard at a combined audio-video website, DW.com, as well as on YouTube at their channels called DW News and DW Documentary. Also, most podcast sites. If you have questions or comments about the shortwave report or could help support this listener-funded program, PayPal contact information is available at my website, outfarpress.com or by writing to Dan Roberts at P.O. Box 1162, Willits, California, 95490. Your support helps the weekly production of this show, which is distributed without cost to more than 100 radio stations around the world. We will conclude with Radio Havana, Cuba. The World Health Organization denounced the Israeli bombing of refugee camps in Gaza. Israel continues to accuse the United Nations of bias against Israel, while the UN reports that more of their workers have been killed in this war than in any prior war. Hamas urged a probe into military summary executions carried out by Israeli forces in Gaza. Radio Havana, Cuba.
The World Health Organization has denounced the recent airstrike by Israeli regime on a refugee camp in the besieged Gaza Strip, which claimed the lives of at least 70 Palestinians. Quote, WHO's team heard harrowing accounts shared by health workers of the victims of the suffering caused by the explosions. The UN Health Agency's chief, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, said in a Monday statement posted on X social media platform. Describing the Israeli attack on Sunday, the ministry's spokesman, Ashraf al-Kudra, said, quote, What is happening at the al-Maghasi camp is the annihilation of an entire residential square. Israel has repeatedly accused the United Nations Agency and its officials, including Secretary General Antonio Guterres, of bias because they have called a ceasefire. Meanwhile, Israeli bombs have killed more UN staff members in Gaza since October the 7th than in any conflict in the history of that organization. Quote, civilians will be killed in wartime, Lucas acknowledged, but added that Israel appeared to be breaching the international law requirement of proportionality. In essence, a military whose war leads to civilian deaths, including through attacks on hospitals, schools and shelters, targets Israel has repeatedly struck during this war, must be able to show proportionate military gains through these strikes. That's a bar Israel hasn't met, according to many experts. Quote, You are currently having an excessive number of civilians who are being killed because there are not adequate protections that are being applied by the power that is carrying out the attack, Lucas said. Quote, And that's what Israelis should be judged by. Bringing in World War II and other narratives is peripheral. Hamas urges an international probe into summary executions carried out by Israeli forces during the onslaught on Israel. In a statement, Hamas said it had gathered testimonies showing the Israeli military carried out the summary execution of 130 Palestinians and civilians in the northern Gaza Strip, including Gaza City. The resistance group went on to say that the Israeli military dug a large pit east of Gaza City and placed dozens of detained citizens in it before executing them and filling up the pit. Earlier in the day, the Hamas health ministry said that dozens of Palestinians were killed this week and publicly executed during an Israeli military operation in Jabalia, north of the Gaza Strip. A United Nations official has been killed along with more than 70 members of his extended family in an Israeli airstrike near Gaza City as the world body condemned a series of mass massacres and successive crimes committed by the Israeli in the besieged territory. Isam al-Mugrabi, 56, who worked for the United Nations Development Program, the UNDP, for three decades, was killed along with his wife and children in an Israeli airstrike on Friday. UNDP Administrator Akim Steiner on Sunday criticized the Israeli regime for targeting civilians and United Nations staff in the Strip. Quote, for almost 30 years, Isam has worked with UNDP through our program of assistance to the Palestinian people, Steiner said in a statement. The United Nations and civilians in Gaza are not a target. Offering his condolences to Isam's family and colleagues, the World Health Organization's chief Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus also stressed in a post on X that, quote, humanitarians should never be victims and called for a ceasefire. Those reports were from Radio Havana, Cuba. Cuba's website is working well at radiohc.cu, but there's no podcast. On shortwave, Cuba may be heard from noon to 1 p.m. at 15.140, 
and from 5 p.m. to 11 at either 6,000, 6060, or 6165. At their website, radiohc.cu, you can stream the English version noon on Monday through Friday Pacific Standard Time. One of my goals in producing this show is to encourage people like you to listen to international broadcasts, get a global perspective. You do have to look harder these days because of U.S. and E.U. prohibitions on media. Every Thursday evening, I post a new shortwave report at the website for this show. That's www.outfarpress.com. At my website, you can listen to past shows, find information for online support. There's a link at my website along with the podcast link and get advice for listening at home. The shortwave report, which is now in its 27th year of production, remains free to rebroadcast upon notification. For 26 years, the shortwave report has been produced and distributed off the electrical grid in Northern California using solar panels. While I am still recuperating from spinal surgery, I am staying in a house that is connected to the grid. I'm your host and producer, Dan Roberts. Thanks for listening.